Welcome to the Fabric Podcast. This is a conversation about growth, and we're calling it It's Hard Not To. It seems like we love to make it hard on ourselves and feel like the odds are against us, and we are facing great and unique challenges as individuals and as a society, but when it comes to growth, it's going to happen. Does that mean we don't have any work to do? No need for practice? Of course not. And that's why we want to welcome you into this conversation. You know, there is so much going on in the news in the last weeks. We've been kind of spending some time reflecting on that. Uh, you know, everything from climate change issues and are we making progress or aren't we? And what's holding it up, what's not? What's going on in the Mideast right now? And is that going to expand the economy? I mean, uh, there's a lot to be holding right now. And I realize that. And I just kind of have a question. Whether it's about that or just something going on in your own life or something, has, has anyone here ever worried? I mean, have you ever, ever worried? Anybody? Raise your hand if you have. Those, oh, okay. Oh, some people have. Okay. Uh, if you're out listening to the podcast, uh, I, the people who didn't raise their hand, I think, are just being stubborn. I got another question. Have any of you ever worried in the last 24 hours about anything? Have you anybody worried in the last 24 hours? Okay, so there's a lot of hands up and some liars. Um, has anybody worried about anything like today since you woke up? Yeah. All right. There's, there's, there's a lot to worry about. Um, it's hard not to worry. Uh, yeah, I think it's hard not to worry. You know, well, what is this worry? Worry is... Something isn't quite right. Um, and so we feel this tension inside that says, you know, right? I don't know if it's um, uh, maybe an illness or something that you're, you're something funny going on that you're not quite sure about, you haven't checked out yet. It may be something about your job, maybe something about school, maybe you've got an assignment due that is really hanging over you. Maybe it's a deadline at work. Maybe it's something in a relationship that just isn't quite right and keeps coming up. Might be finances. Might be, you know, the newspaper, all those big global things, kind of like I started talking about. It might be something with your kids or you're worried about or wondering about you. It's hard not to worry. I mean, all this tension, all that energy gets pumped into us, right? That's what happens. You think about these things, you run into them, and all this energy comes inside you. And what do you do with it, right? It, it, it comes out as worry. Now, I really do need to make a little bit of a distinction between the worry I'm talking about and anxiety. I mean, from what, you know, reading the literature and stuff, anxiety and worry, we kind of use them as two words for the same thing often, but clinically speaking, there's a level of anxiety that is more than just your attitude or something. I mean, it's really kind of deep-seated, and if you're getting help or need to get help from a professional to deal with that anxiety, do that. I'm not trying to say, oh, you know, what we're talking about with worry is going to take care of it all. But I also think what we're talking about might be a good augmentation to what you're perhaps pursuing um, professionally and so on. So, you know, so well, what's wrong with worry? I mean, if it's hard not to worry, like, why not worry? I mean, you probably know these answers. I would say it's pretty simple. It's unhelpful. It's uh, unreasonable and it's unhealthy, right? I mean, think about it. Uh, worrying is it it's, doesn't accomplish anything. Worrying, I equate it to revving the engine on your car as fast as you can while it's in neutral, right? It makes a lot of noise and accomplishes absolutely nothing. And that's what it feels like inside of us. 
it, uh, the only thing that it really worrying really accomplishes is making us feel more miserable. It makes things seem worse than they are. Problems begin to grow out of proportion. It exaggerates reality. I mean, who here has ever said, you know, I just took an hour out of my day to just really hunker down in my worries, and I feel so much better now. I mean, no, I mean, it doesn't work that way, right? The more time you spend worrying, the worse you feel and the bigger your worries are. It, it just, so it's unhelpful. It's also unreasonable. I mean, worrying about something you can't change is useless, right? Worrying about something you can change is ridiculous, unwise. The word I'm really kind of looking for is stupid, but won't say that. And, and worrying is generally, it's the wrong response to our problems. You know, so don't worry, it's wasted energy. I mean, we all know that, but it's also unhealthy. We weren't made to worry. If we were made to worry, to live in a worry state, we would be able to do it better and handle it. We'd be able to deal with our worries better. But if we aren't, it gives us insomnia, it makes us feel depressed, uh, it gives us ulcers, headaches, backaches. I mean, it's just like, you know, who looks forward to worrying? I just hope I can carve some time out of my day to spend some time worrying. Too. I mean, it doesn't. It just takes us downhill. Now, the reason you're so good at worrying, though, is that you practice it so often. And I know that might sound kind of funny, but it's sort of true, isn't it? So, worry. Um, it's hard not to worry. So, why am I concerned about worrying? Why would I spend some time talking to us? And actually, whenever I'm talking to you about something, it means I'm working on this myself, right? Uh, why would I spend time with this community, Fabric, who's focused on, and this series is all about spiritual growth, why would I spend time focusing on worry? And I would say because our response to all that energy that builds up in us, because things aren't quite the way we would want them to be in our lives, our response to that energy determines who we are. It defines us. And when, when that defines you, guess what? it defines the rest of us, too. And, and when we do it collectively one way, then we begin to define each other that way as well. And as we talked about, you know, um, your health determines our health, and our health kind of determines your health. We're all wrapped up in this. And so I think it's really important. And if we remember the definition I gave uh, these last couple of weeks about spiritual growth, spiritual growth is this process, a process of aligning your, your whole self with God's image inside you. All right, and God's image inside you, what God's image, I mean, that's kind of a lot of religious language, but it, you need to understand it kind of in a really, like, what's the heart of that trying to say? That there's some place where we are so deeply woven into all things, we're part of all things, and, and, and that is where we belong. That's when, that's when life works. It doesn't mean that life works out nicely, it doesn't mean you're always happy, it doesn't mean everything is successful, but somehow it works, and we can be in sync with it no matter what it's like. Um, so, you know, you, you can't not worry. I know that. The question is, what are you going to do with that worry? And so what is worry then? Since you can't avoid it, but you're not supposed to do it. What, what is it? I, I would say worry is a signal. Worry is a signal. A signal to do something so you don't have to worry, right? It, it's one of those animals. We talk about don't feeding the animals. Worry is one of those automatic things that... Re, that pops up when something isn't right in your life and you feel this worry and the purpose isn't to take orders from it or to live with it or put it in the driver's seat of your vehicle. It is to learn from it. What's it pointing at? Where should I go? I, I think that signal that worry is all about is, is r reminding us that if we stay 
in that worried state, we are a victim of these circumstances that are creating all that energy inside of us that's making us worry. So what we need to do is claim some agency over that, right? Worry is saying, unite, there's a part of your life, there's something going on in your world that you need agency in so that you can actually do something about it. And that really, agency has two components. It's one, it's action, like what can I do? But maybe even bigger means you need to gain a new perspective. Because I think when we take action without gaining a new perspective first, eh, like what action? How's it going to work? Is it really fit? And so on. So that new perspective, gaining that new perspective is huge. And that new perspective, I'm going to give it a word. That process of gaining a new perspective is prayer. Prayer. It's hard not to pray. It's hard not to be driven by worry to search for something that'll change the game. It's hard not to pray. So, okay, so I know that you all worry. I didn't need to ask you to raise your hands. I know you all do. I know I do. I also know that you all pray. Now, some of you might say, I, I don't pray. We'll get to that, okay? Some of you say, well, I prayed when I was a kid, but I, left. I haven't prayed you know, for years. Well, it depends on what we're talking about, right? I would say it's hard not to pray. Um, and it's, in fact, it's not only not hard to pray. In fact, maybe it is kind of hard to pray, but it's hard not to to pray. It's hard not to somehow that part inside you that is reaching out saying help or yay or I mean is there a way of silencing that voice, that whatever it is inside you is it any easier to silence that than it is to silence the worry. It's hard not to pray. So what comes to mind when I say you pray? I want you to not give your sophisticated, I've been thinking about this for 30 years, and this is how I've analyzed it. No, what is your automatic response? What's that knee-jerk thing? That image that automatically comes to mind when someone says, pray, what pops into your head? Because I think we need to deal with that. Thank you for uh, taking that time. Did anybody kind of get into the more rigid, um, you know, kneeling by the side of your bed or that kind of stuff? Did that come up a lot? Um, so uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about a God box. Everybody's got a God box, which is inside of that God box contains all of their impressions and experiences and thoughts and images about God that kind of describes whatever God means. And like I said, it doesn't matter whether you believe in God or not, but that's what you either believe or don't believe in, right? Um, inside of your God box, if you open it up and look, you're going to find another little box inside there, and that's your prayer box. I mean, you've got the exact same thing around how you think of prayer. And without some impression of what prayer is, it's hard to do it at all, right? I mean, how could you do it? But also, your ability to pray and your concept of prayer is also not going to be any bigger than your box. And like I said about God boxes, the one thing I know about everybody's God box is one, you have one, and two, it's too small. Um, and I think I could say the same thing about your prayer box. You have one, and it's too small. But it's okay. It's your prayer box, and that's where you are. So what is prayer? As I grew up, my experience with prayer was probably pretty typical. Um, not bad. Just, you know, as a child, having it be more formal was... Um, 
probably appropriate. It was good. Kind of allowed me to lead and explore, continue to do it. Um, but when I got a little bit older and I was really thinking for myself and reading the Bible and so on, I, I remember running into this verse, which was um, really made me stop and, and think. And I messed around with it actually for a long time. <laughs> I still mess around with it, so it's probably been 40, 50 years. But if, uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, okay? And it says this, do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, that's a lot of stuff, and it probably went whoosh over your head. So let me simplify it. This is the Greg Meyer version of it, and it is simply this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Right? I would say that's actually a pretty fair translation of it. Uh, you know, a loose paraphrase, at least, that catches the heart of it. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. The anything and the everything really caught me as a kid, as a young person, I should say. That don't worry about anything? Like, well, how do I do that? Don't, and pray about everything? Oh, my goodness. I mean, that sounds kind of overwhelming. I, I ended up deciding it's, that's a very nice idea, and it's very trite and very non-applicable and, you know, kind of thing you admonish people to, but you don't do it yourself, and you don't actually expect them to do it either, until I ran into another verse. And that one is, uh, comes from 1 Thessalonians, another letter that Paul, that guy who took the message of Jesus and was trying to help people wrestle with it around uh, that part of the world shortly after his life. And he, he wrote this, at least suppose he read this, who knows exactly who wrote whatever stuff. He said, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. Now, the first thing that really caught me is like, wow, it feels really healthy, like rejoicing, like be joyful um, always, like all the time, be joyful always, you know, find joy in anything and everything, pray without ceasing, like nonstop, 24-7, whew, what's that about? And then give thanks in all circumstances. And I remember wrestling with that one the longest because, well, there's so many things not to give thanks for. There's so many bad things in this world. But then I went back to the Greek. It isn't give thanks for all circumstances. It says give thanks in all circumstances. And, you know, in other words, like, what? The nothing is wasted. Like, how do I transform this? Where can growth, where can new life sprout from this despite all that? crap and the things that it shouldn't have happened and it's not worth it and so on. But nonetheless, you know, where is the seed of gratitude in that? I mean, it just feels so ambitious. But among all of it, the big thing that really caught me was those middle three words, pray without ceasing. I said, well, what? Pray? I mean, I got to sleep. I mean, how do I pray without ceasing? Like, what would that be? And, and that took me down a bit of a roll. And what, let me shortcut. First of all, the goal is not to stop everything you're doing and instead pray. That's, not, I mean, that, that's impossible, right? That, that's the monk living up on top of the mountain who doesn't need to eat or drink or whatever, doesn't have any responsibilities in the world. Just, you know, nah, it's not about that. It's not stop everything that you're doing and instead pray, but to see how everything you are doing is a prayer or is prayer or, flip that over even further, see the prayer in everything you are doing. Ooh, that 
continues to fascinate me. Continues to, wow, my prayer box, just like, wow, I'm not sure I can find the walls anymore. It just got really big. In fact, maybe it got so big that I'm afraid it's like disappearing on me. Now, well, maybe you don't think you're capable of that. There's no way you can find the prayer in everything that you do that happens, you think, you feel. But remember, you are a spiritual being. This isn't something you have to figure out. This is something you just find in yourself. It is there. It is simply being aware of that side of yourself. So the goal is not to pray more, but for life to become prayer, right? The goal is not to pray more. The goal is for life to become prayer. It's easy when you're looking at a sunset, right? But when you're in traffic, you're cooking, kids are screaming. That's why we send them off. Um, That deadline I was talking about that's hanging over your head, that illness, that grief, this celebration, how is every one of those prayer for you? Remember what spiritual growth is. It's this process of aligning your whole self to the image of God within you. It is seeing how all of these experiences, you're not supposed to select, you're not supposed to get rid of all the bad ones and only have good ones. It is how do you have each one of those be a window to the image of God within you. Um, and, you know, and I, I, I don't mean by saying, giving these examples that, um, those, you know, that's the only real way to pray, all this stuff, like sit, folding your hands at the dinner table or saying prayers before your bed or, you know, actually taking times of prayer that those aren't right. No, you know, that, that's a silly wall to have in your, in your prayer box. Maybe that is what you need to do. The question is, how can you let all these things in your life be prayer? My first time I wrote that, thought that sentence, I said, how do I make all those things prayer? And I realized, no, how do I let those things be prayer? How do you let go of those things enough that you begin to see the image of God within you? So I want, I'm going to do another, uh, give you a great big grand 90 seconds, and spend a little time now writing, what do you, how do you understand prayer? What prayer is what? Just Complete that sentence, um, however it works for you. Okay, go ahead and do that. Take a little time and write in, what is prayer? conversation for yourself. Uh, if you're meeting with your group this week, uh, both that first, like, what is your automatic impression about prayer? And then what are you starting to defining a, a bigger um, prayer box? I think that could be some great conversations to have there. So pray without ceasing. Uh, let, me, let me say this. Prayer is important. Prayer is worth stopping your day for, okay? Prayer is worth Stopping all your business, all that great stuff you're doing, prayer is worth stopping your day for. It is also too important to have to stop your day to do it. Okay? 
So, the, so what is that question, that second half of that question is, where, how, what does that prayer look like in my life that I'm not stopping everything for it? Right? We talked about this last week. Spirituality that requires peacefulness, uh, Hebrew shalom, or Arabic salam, basically the same meaning in both Islam and in, Christ, and in Christianity, Judaism. Uh, spirituality that requires that shalom in order to exist isn't terribly spiritual. Spirituality that creates shalom, no matter what's going on in your life, that's some pretty heavy-duty spirituality. Same thing with prayer. Prayer that requires, oh, I'm going to stop everything and I'm going to focus on my prayer now. That, that's a good thing. Nothing wrong with that. You know, that's practice, right? Uh, but prayer that can exist no matter what's happening in your life, that's something to chase after. So, you know, don't use prayer. Let prayer use you. Right? Let prayer use you. Let it lead you and show you where to start which is anywhere. There's no wrong way to pray. It comes down to this. You cannot pray wrong. There is no such thing as praying wrong, right? The other thing is you cannot not pray. Yourself is going to, whether you labeled it that or not, is going to reach out for something to people, to yourself, to God, however you want to think about it. You cannot not pray what you can do is you can either seek to let prayer be something that helps pull, you, pull things together, or you can just not use it. You can just ignore it. But you still pray. You still pray. You can decide to let it work, or you can not. Anyway, um, so prayer is not a thing you do. It is a way of being. I think I've been hitting that over and over, and I really think that's important for us to understand. Prayer is not a thing you do. It is a way of being that sometimes we do specific things in order to be that way, and that's okay. You know, and prayer isn't about getting stuff. It isn't about fixing. It isn't about solving. It isn't escaping, even though that is how we often practice prayer, and that's okay, because maybe that is the tension spot, right? That's the worry. That, that's what's making you start to pray. So if that is what you're praying about, is like, God, I need someone to pay my mortgage this month, that's okay. That's a great prayer. That's a start, right? And maybe it works. You know, so at, at its most basic level, prayer is connection. Prayer is connection. The bigger question is, like, well, how does prayer work? <laughs> I have no idea, right? I have absolutely no idea how prayer works. I, it's, it's, it's too big. What, what I do know, though, and I, I would imagine all of you can say this, is when I've let my life, when I've let my mind, when I've let my being kind of reach out into this deeply woven, connected world, I start realizing that the way things are and how things work is way bigger and way more powerful than I can imagine, and I have a very hard time putting my finger on it. And I find maybe I don't really need to so much. All right? And uh, I, what I feel is like it's, it's becoming part of something, right? It's becoming part of something. And so, you know, how does it work? I, I have no idea exactly what will deliver. I, I don't know. I don't need to know that right now. Um, on the other hand, you have that question, well, how does prayer work? I have no idea um, how, how to pray. That is really simple. I can tell you how to pray. Because, like I said, you can't pray wrong. There are better and worse ways to pray for you, but not for God, right? It's not, all right, 
let's just get clear about this. When we talk about God, what are we talking about? I, I don't know. You've got your own definition. You've got your own God box. But there, if, if anyone's telling you, if you say the prayer wrong, God doesn't hear it. All right? Or, you know, if, if you know, wrong language or who knows, wrong formula, wrong... Like, so there might be prayer, ways of praying that are opening you up more, but there aren't some that connect with God better. Like, God's got this, all right? In fact, if you're waiting, one of the classics is, well, I would pray about this, but I'm not sure what to pray for yet. Well, like, oh, God isn't listening until you get it figured out, you know? And when you get it figured out, then God will listen. No, I mean, it's just all part of something, right? It's just recognizing we're part of something. The whole beginning of the need is part of the whole thing. So if you don't know, like, um, if you don't know what to pray in a certain situation, here's my advice. This is the prayer you pray when you don't know what to pray. God, I don't know what to pray. That's honest. That's clear. And then maybe what would be next? Because I'm feeling, because this is happening, and it's making me worry or I'm considering, or I'm trying to figure out, and that makes me, I mean, it's a connection. It's a conversation. Just keep explaining. For instance, let's take an example. What are each and every one of you doing right now? Are you thinking about how you connect something that's important to you to what might be growth, what might be progress, what might actually help something be different, if not better. And you're listening to these things and letting it maybe grow you, expand you a little bit right now. Do you think right now we are collectively praying? I, I, my definition for prayer isn't smaller than that. I, I think it is. And what if we recognize that that simple, that easy, and it's never finished. It just keeps working. So what about those other prayers? You know, the Lord, won't you give me a Mercedes Benz? Or um, praying for healing, praying, uh, you know, for help, um, for praying for other people. There's all kinds of stories about there. People have had experiences where they prayed this, and it happened, and they got this, and whatever. And, you know, I, I don't know. Um, my big question about is, well, what happens when it doesn't, Right? I mean, this person prayed for that healing, and it happened, and this person did, and it didn't. I'm thinking about Ukraine. I'm thinking about Lewiston, Maine, where 16 people were shot a week or so ago. I'm thinking about Israel and Gaza. I'm thinking of a, a good friend of ours, a friend of our fabric community, um, who has a 40-year-old daughter in the family who is on her last months of life dealing with cancer and is going to be leaving a couple small kids. If praying was simply asking God, and if you prayed right, you prayed sincerely enough, you prayed often enough, you got enough people praying, then God would listen and God would do what you want. And that, that is simply how it works. Maybe it does sometimes. I don't know, because I don't know how perfect. But if it was that way, I want to think we'd have a much better world because we'd solve all the problems. I mean, if it actually worked that way and it was that simple, we would all be doing it. You wouldn't have a hard time convincing people, Right? I, I think I'm not trying to make prayer less than what you hope it is. I'm trying to make it more than what we reduce it to be sometimes. And I, I, I think that's really important. You know, 
Is God a vending machine that if you put enough quarters in, you get out what you wanted? Or is unconditional truly unconditional? Like God just loves us and God is there and with us no matter what, whether we remember to pray or not. Whether there's one person or a thousand people praying, that somehow God is there. You might want to add some more stuff to your prayer is section there. So why pray? Um, If it's not about fixing things or bailing out or out of obligation, although no reason why those aren't good things to begin your prayer with or to pray about. I mean, if that's what you're feeling, that's what you should be praying. There's not a right way to start. You know, God can, whatever God is, can see through all your pretenses. If you try to make the real noble prayer out of what you're just like, I just need a thousand dollars, God. I mean, Say what you really mean. Have it be authentic to you and let it grow. Let it lead you where it's going to go. Um, So why pray? I'll just say this. One, to weave yourself closer with the third strand. How many of you have a really good friend that you never talk to? Would you say that you're a really good friend or they were your really good friend? I mean, there's some knowledge that you can go back to at any time, right? But you need to spend some time with that friend to really know them and for them to be a part of your life, right? You kind of feel that support, but it would really, yeah. I, I, I don't think it's any different with uh, weaving ourselves with that third strand. So weave closer with the third strand. Also weave closer to yourself. Yeah, can I, can I see life as prayer so that I begin to understand who I am and why I am and what I really want and what I can be, who I can be? And also to weave closer to others. To bring those things together. I, I, I wonder with our fabric metaphor, you know, uh, Paul writes, pray without ceasing. I'm wondering if you couldn't translate as weave without ceasing. What if, what if we just always were doing that? Weave without ceasing. I, I, I have this feeling like worry, worry is carrying all life's burdens on your own. That's what worry is like. Certainly is what it feels like to me. Praying is carrying all of life's burdens with others, with all three strands. Feeling the power, feeling the resilience doesn't take it all away, doesn't fix it, doesn't make the worry go away either. I know, not completely for sure. But I I wonder if that's true. Melissa was talking about this verse a couple weeks ago um, where Jesus said, um, Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. I wonder if that's talking about worry. Come to me, all of you who are worrying and carrying the heavy burdens that worry dumps on your shoulders, and I will give you rest. I, meaning, weave it into the strands here. Let's do this together. We need to be doing this together. Um, Weaving without ceasing. So you, you, um, you're, you're probably at this point maybe thinking, well, Greg, this sounds really good. I like the idea, but I am so busy and I am so overwhelmed. I've got so much stuff going on. When am I going to find time to do this? <laughs> My answer to that is rather flippant and really simple. You've got plenty of time. You have all that time you're spending worrying, right? <laughs> I mean, I kind of I, I think that's true. All that time you're spending worrying now, you know, maybe... If a little different understanding of praying, maybe that's all you really need. So, speaking of worrying and wrapping up here. Um, so, uh, there's some things that we do too much of that makes us think that 
praying is hard to do uh, and it helps it stops us from realizing that no we are spiritual beings prayer is something that our life our soul our self seeks to do constantly and it's just simply for us to wake up and to hear it and to give it voice and to let it be a response to the worry we feel inside but there's some things that we do um, and you can see which one fits you the best they probably all fit you a little bit they all fit me but some of them i specialize in one is we worry too much about how we pray we worry too much about how we pray you know, technique. Am I saying it the right words? Am I, you know, taking the first 15 minutes when I wake up in the morning? Am I folding my hands? Am I being quiet? I don't know. But we worry too much about technique. It isn't about technique. It has nothing to do with technique. Techniques can be helpful to you, right? They can change things. What we do physically and stuff, you know, they can make a difference. Our language makes a difference. But we worry too much about that. We also worry too much about why we pray. Motives. We worry too much about why. Oh, that's a selfish thing to pray for. You know, don't, are there people in this world that have much bigger problems than I have that God should be focusing on, you know? Or, um, you know, just questioning, is this worthy of the time? Or am I supposed to do this? And uh, maybe, you know, I, I really wanting this or I'm just wanting to get out of problem. I don't really, you know, want to give God anything. I just want to, like, have God help me out. Yeah, don't, don't worry so much about that, right? That's what you're praying about. So let those things iron themselves out. The last is we also worry about... Um, we're too much about what prayer is. What prayer is. That's theology, right? Uh, how do I understand? Well, how, do, how does God do this? Like, does God really love us and is waiting to hear our prayers? Or does God already hear our prayers? God already know them? Uh, how does God answer prayer? I mean, you, you figure that one out, write a book, along with the other 300, 400 that are on my bookshelf, and um, you can do that. You don't need to figure those things out. You need to practice, right? You need to practice. Let praying without ceasing, praying without weaving, you know, connecting, praying with, or with, connecting without weaving, without, I can say that. <laughs> connecting without ceasing, you know, let, let those things be there and let them take you to what is authentic for you. And, and let it grow. And expect the way that you find prayer to function for you to not be the same today as it is tomorrow or to be the way it is for someone else or how they, discuss, how they experience it and want to talk about it. That's okay. That's right. We all have our God boxes and there, our prayer boxes, and they're going to be different, and they're all going to be changing, and that's what we can do with each other. So ultimately, I just say this. Prayer is more a connection to a friend than it is an answer to a problem. Prayer is a connection to a friend more than it's an answer to a problem. So praying doesn't mean not doing something about something. Praying means to not worry and find that perspective, figure out what you're going to do. And I just think it is true that um, we spend an awful lot of time worrying about politics and relationships and life and money and all that sort of stuff, and we maybe don't spend enough time learning how to let life be a prayer that takes, helps that worry, it turns that worry positive. It's hard not to worry, but it's also hard not to pray. So let's do that. Right now, um, I would imagine that every head and every heart in this room is going into a different direction, and arguing with, agreeing with, wondering about. That's good stuff. That's the chaos that we invite 
the other strands into. We invite you into, God. We invite each other into to help us live life and to figure out how we move forward, how we are a part of things for good rather than something that frays the corners of this fabric that we are all part of. Thank you for what you're doing in each and every one of us today. And lift us from the burden of trying to understand how it all works and to simply to practice, to be in it with each other and for each other. May it be so. Amen. Thanks for listening. May this simply be the start of the conversation. Reach out if you want help connecting with a group virtually or in the Twin Cities and tag at FabricMPLS with your own thoughts on social media. You can also stay up to date and find other resources on our website, FabricMPLS.com.